Hello, welcome back to So What Does Judaism Say About? I am Rabbi Rick Fox. With me always is the aggressive Rabbi Mayer Beer. <laughs> That's a new description. <laughs> How you doing today, Rabbi Beer? Fantastic. I just thought it was apropos because, you know, today I, w- I would like to know, what does Judaism say about anger? <laughs> so I'm going to have to not be angry or aggressive just to demonstrate my trying to internalize these teachings. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> All right. You're setting me up, but, you know, I think you're happy that I'm not, you know, <laughs> taking the bait. All right. I have a uh, beautiful teaching from the Talmud. That talks about anger. Talks about anger. I'm going to have to give a little bit of a technical background. Technical background to anger. Anger to me is one of the most le- least, one of the least technical <laughs> things. You know, we get angry. I, I, what percentage do you think we all spend through our days angry, animated and angry? You know, the Wi-Fi doesn't work. I'm angry. I didn't get the right seat on the, on the subway. I'm angry. Like, I, I couldn't cheat off my friend properly. I'm angry. <laughs> you know, I was so, I have so much work. I'm so angry. You know, whatever it is, I feel like anger has become the emotion. We have jealousy and anger. I was like, that's it. They're out there. They certainly are. <laughs> but you want to go technical well, on I want anger. to go technical into the laws of Shabbos okay. for us to be able to get a new angle okay. on anger. Okay. All right. So there is a disagreement in the Talmud between two opinions. Yeah. Something called Malacha She'ena Tzricha Legufa. A, a, a piece of creative work you're doing that, that, that you don't need for its work itself. Yeah. So that's the literal translation. What that means is there are categories of forbidden behavior or for, forbidden activity on Shabbos, on the Shabbat. And those categories of work are derived from the construction of the tabernacle. So for instance, digging a hole in the ground is part of the category of bona, of building. So if you're digging a hole to create a foundation, you are digging a hole to build something. Now let's say you are digging a hole for another purpose because you want to collect dirt. So you are digging the hole, but it is not for the original intent of that for that category of work. Okay. Is that classified as a forbidden act on Shabbos, at least biblically speaking? Mm-hmm. So there's a disagreement in the Talmud about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, let's get over to anger. Yeah. The Mishnah writes... By the way, which is, which is exactly what you would extrapolate. From, oh, oh, for that, sure. That for is sure. one-to-one. Per, I'm with you. You, you just saw this was going. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you predicted it. Exactly. So the Mishnah in Shabbos on page 105b writes that if a person rips his garment in anger, similar to punching a hole in a wall, breaking a plate, right. things of that nature, right. Right. it is not a biblical violation of the laws of Shabbos. So ripping in its original constructive purpose is you have a large amount of cloth that you rip or you cut so that you can create clothing. Right. You have to break this right. long piece of cloth into smaller parts or right. rip it, cut it so that you can, you know, fashion clothing. Right. So is ripping out of anger a violation biblically of the Shabbos? So the Talmud, the Mishnah says it's not. The Talmud then questions, well, the opinion that says you can violate the Shabbos even for doing something not for their original categorization. So why then can you not violate the Shabbos when you rip it out of anger? Right. Well, the Talmud says because you haven't done anything constructive. It may, not only is it a different different from the original context that ripping clothing is derived from. It's also a destructive act. You don't have anything. Meaning well, because you destroyed it or because, you ga- destroyed it, or because yeah. getting angry is destructive? No, no, because you destroyed it. Uh-huh. So then the Talmud asks, well, what he has done 
is Ovid Nachas Ruach Liyitzro. He is given pleasure to his anger, his evil inclination. Essentially, he's calmed himself down. So isn't that in some form a constructive act? Wow. What a, what a, that's a beautiful insight. That's an insightful way to look at it. Like, I'm, I will calm down I, by punching the wall, or rip, in this case, ripping the garment. You rip I've something, you create something, you calm down. So according to that opinion in the Talmud, which says you can violate the Shabbos from a, 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 an act which, is diff, which differs from its original use, why would this not be a violation of the Shabbos? So the Talmud says it isn't. And the Talmud says the following. The Talmud teaches in the name of Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri, that if one tears his garments in anger, or breaks utensils in anger, or scatters his money in anger, then this is equivalent to performing an act of idolatry. Wow, that's pretty severe. Now, why is that? Because the Talmud writes, in its very concise way of explaining things, today he tells you to break something, tomorrow he tells you to worship an idol. Right, so you keep following that negative voice. Right. If your reaction, the way you are able to blow off steam is by breaking things, that is a very unhealthy way of coping with the anger. So, if this is what you need to do, you literally need to destroy your own property to calm down, where is that going to take you to? Right, so the unhealthiness of it is not only in the moment, but also seeing how far it could possibly go. The Muslim masters teach that one who gets angry is equated with one who worships idols because if a person gets drunk and gets into a car and hits somebody, God forbid, and breaks their leg and then gets pulled into court the next day for drunk driving mm-hmm. and whatever felony that is injuring somebody with, a, with an automobile, mm-hmm. can they claim, well, look, I was drunk, so I didn't mean to do it? Right. No, because why did you drink? This is what you do when you drink. You can't drink. If a person is going to act like this when they get angry, they need to control the anger. They need to find a way, instead of doing an act of anger, of breaking things, of something which is destructive, which no rational person wants to do, you know, you have to work to earn the money to buy that. Right. So if what you need to do when the situation that causes you to get angry causes you to need to break something, so you have no control over that emotion. You need to find a way to channel that emotion in a way which doesn't cause destructive behavior. You need to master that emotion rather than give into it. Wow, interesting. Something that's that's I'm thinking about here is are the sages then saying and the and the Muslim masters here saying then that anger in and of itself is not necessarily bad? Because if you can control it, is there is there an, a positive aspect to anger? Okay, so that's that's a really interesting way of looking at it. So being upset, you know, you you can be disturbed when something happens, but what's the emotional reaction to that? And how do you channel that? Right. If, if, you, if, the, if the result of that is a loss of control, you're not headed down a good path. What if the result of it is productivity? And whatever that means. Correct. That, that, that I, I think your point is really, is really amazing that if, if something bothers you and you want to right the wrong, for instance, so instead of becoming enslaved to your emotions, you're actually mastering your emotions to push you further. Like I, I met somebody at a Shabbos meal a couple of weeks ago who said that, you know, when he gets stressed out, he's like, he, he works out. And we were like, really? When we get stressed out, we eat and drink too much, you know? <laughs> right. No, but that's a really, really good example. Right. We all want to work out. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you say, look, I have these emotions, I have like these feelings. Right. And instead of losing control, I'm then going to lock into something that I want to do otherwise. Right. Like, like Torah study or going on a walk or 
you know, or write, exercising or write, or... writing something. Like sometimes just to express yourself. For me, I uh, piano for me, just just the grand piano, just going out and sitting down. If I'm angry, like I will, the compositions that come out actually are quite beautiful. My question is, it's a moral question. Does that mean that anger in and of itself is not good or bad? And really, it's about what you do with it. That's a, that's the question I'm posing. Yeah, I I, I think your I think your point is very accurate. It isn't in and of itself getting like. You don't have to literally feel nothing. That's un- that's that's not being a human being, right? But if it if the result is a lack of control over your over your actions, you are becoming a slave to your emotions. If if it tightens your focus, if you can create with those emotions, your writing gets sharpened, your music, as you said, gets sharpened. So you're actually using the emotions, the situation to create emotions that are beneficial. I mean, no one likes to feel angry. But we all want to be just perfectly blissful and happy. But upsetting things happen. Right, and if we channel that in you know in, in into a positive way, we've actually done something constructive. But any time you're losing control, and by definition, breaking your own possessions is a loss of self control. The Thomas says that can never be categorized as a productive act. That's really interesting. I mean, it reminds me just thinking about that that the Gemara and Shabbos, I think one hundred five B, that says, you know, kiso kaso koso. You look at it, how do you look at a person? The sages say, look at his kiso, look at his pocket, how he spends his money. Or what he does with his money. Kaso, look at his anger. And Koso, look at how he drinks when he's drinking. So to the point, like also with drinking, drinking, is it bad? Well, it depends. Like, are you using it to elevate yourself or is it become, you become an animal or a monster when it, when it happens? So those three things, how you, your money, your, 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 your behavior when you drink and your anger sort of define the real emotions of who you are almost not, not only psychologically, but also biologically what, what, what's happening with you and how you have to manage that. So I guess in and of itself, it isn't necessarily bad. It has to be directed. If you get angry at the right things, it could be potentially quite productive. Yeah. I mean, turning off your emotions is, is, is I don't think, the correct way to dealing with things. Right. Just becoming a machine. Like, that's not... You want to, you want to be human. You just want to be a good human. You, right. know? you don't want to be an AI machine. Right. And you want to be empathetic so you have to know what's going on. Yeah. So I'll just, along these lines, share one more source. There's a mission in Avos. It's in Chapter 5 of Avos. Misha says there are four types of natures. One who is easy to anger and easy to appease. His reward is offset by his loss. One is difficult to anger and difficult to appease. His loss is offset by his reward. One is difficult to anger and easy to appease is a pious person. One who is easy to anger and difficult to appease is a wicked person. Okay, so the last two are easy. One who, get, who gets angry easily and... Can't calm down. You can't calm down. It's just a bad guy. Can't be around those people. When he never gets angry, and even when he gets angry, you can calm him down easily. It's a great guy. Right. Pious man. Right. right. Those middle two cases. It's the middle two cases which I want to focus on. Which are what? You, you, you're, slow to, you're slow to anger and a, slow to? A person who is difficult to anger and difficult to appease. Right. His loss is offset by his reward. And what's so the So he, he ends up losing out more. The person who is easy to anger, I'm sorry, he is, his, his loss is offset by his reward, meaning he ends up being you know, break even or better, so to speak. Oh, interesting. Then the first type, when it was easy to anger and easy to appease, his reward is offset by his loss. He ends up losing more. And the reason being is that people who will often lose control over a situation, even though you can bring them back easily or they, they don't want to stay there and they recognize the value of calming down, but because they're frequently losing control, they're just hard people to be around. Right. They're generally not going to do well in crises. Right. You have a person who has a hard time calming down. Right. But he has worked on himself that he won't react that way very often. Right. Is a person who has gained a lot of mastery over his emotions. 
Now, when it actually he, he loses control over it in those rare instances that he loses control, it can be hard for him to calm down, but he's still going through that process of not losing that control. It's it's like it's more effective to master the control than how to react when you do lose the control. Right, right, right. That makes sense. That makes so sense. ultimately what you want to do is master the situation, master the emotions. Not as you pointed out several times, and I think you're accurate, I think it's it's very important that you're repeating this. You don't want to not have emotions because we're people. But if your development process is working on having the correct reaction, even if you do slip up occasionally, which does happen to, you know, in, in the process of becoming a stronger person emotionally, your, your emphasis is correct. You don't want to be playing cleanup to yourself. Right. You don't want to lose control, but like work on getting out of it. And, and easily. the opposite of losing control, I think, is something that plagues our society a lot, which is apathy. I just don't care. And apathy is like, ugh, it's so yucky to not have any emotions. You could, it's it's to complete, be completely desensitized and complacent. That's also there's also something a little bit off, if not a lot of it off, about that. Yeah, sure. And you know, if you're going to be empathetic, that means you're letting emotions into you. Right. You're going to sometimes have emotions you don't like that are going into you. Right. If you're going to, if you're going to be in touch with your surroundings, as you point, as you're pointing out. There's unpleasantness out there, but it's the way you go about incorporating that unpleasantness into your emotional composition, which is the hallmark of a well-developed person. Fantastic. What a, what a cool idea. Thank you very much, Rabbi Beer, and thank you for tuning in to So What Does Judaism Have to Say About? We'll see you soon. <laughs>